0: Everybody, good morning. This is how we roll. Welcome to Coastal. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, great to have you with us today. I hope you had a uh, wonderful Valentine's Day yesterday, everybody. Woo! Okay. Hope you did. If you're married, hope you had sex. If you're not, I hope you didn't. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. The Lord led me to say that today. So, anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, hey, we're in this series. called Hey, this is how we roll. I'm sorry it is. That's, the one, that's how we are here at Coastal. Um, remember last week, um, we've been in this series uh, called This Is How We Roll. Today is the end of it. And uh, the idea is really simple. There are uh, you know, in every group, every organization, every business, every sports team, even families, uh, there's a way of doing things, and there are purposes and a mission. And uh, you know, even in the church, there are there are purposes of the church, and and yet every individual church has kind of a way of doing things their own. And so what we've been doing for the series is looking at the big purposes of the church and then just kind of bringing it down a little bit to uh, what does that look like here at Coastal and what, what distinctives are, uh, you know, about our church. And so we've been talking about that for the last five weeks. Last week, um, we said there was this guy who comes up to Jesus and says, okay, Jesus, tell me, what is the most important command in the entire Bible? And Jesus says, okay, I'm going to give it to you. This is the most important thing. If you don't get anything else, make sure you get this. In fact, it's called the great commandment. That's, that's kind of how people refer to it. Uh, we know of the great commission where Jesus said, hey, go into the, all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We've talked about that before. That's the great commission. This is the great commandment. And um, last week, we, we looked at the first part of Jesus's response here, but there is a second part. And I want to talk about that today. Matthew 22, it's on the screen. It's not on your outline, but just follow along as I read. It begins... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And Jesus said this is the first and greatest commandment. And we talked about this last week. That's worship. And worship is not relegated to a time or a place. Uh, It's your heart. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of living. It's our love response to God. But there's a second part to this. And Jesus goes on to say this. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. What in the world is Jesus talking about? Well, this is what I want us to talk about today. He's talking about we actually love God by loving and serving other people. He's talking about ministry, talking about serving. Now, here at Coastal, let me just be up front and say, we have a large, large number of unbelievably gifted, humble, humble, Servants here at Coastal. I mean, we got so many great, great. We, I think we have more volunteers than, than most churches. And uh, over the years here at Coastal, I preached a lot of messages about about serving, about this very thing. In fact, over the years, if you've been here for a really long time, you might even remember back in the day uh, where we kind of transformed whatever whatever location we were beating at at the time into kind of like a ministry expo. Just like kind of like Life Group Sunday, but instead of highlighting groups, we would highlight all the different ministries with a booth and a table. We challenge people to sign up. And then I've preached entire sermon series on serving and getting involved in ministry. And uh, there was a, kind of a popular acrostic a while back, uh, Shape. Uh, and and it represents uh, your spiritual gifts. And we talk about that. And uh, H was your heart, what you're passionate about. A was your abilities. Uh, P was your personality. And E was experiences. And we said, that's your shape. That's how God created you. And that helps determine your, your ministry and your area of service. And so we've talked about all those things over the years. Now, While I believe that as a church, you know, we we need to constantly be doing a better and better job of improving our systems where people could come and very easily find a place of ministry, find a place where they can serve and volunteer. Because so many times, I know, you know, and we hope this doesn't happen here, but people come and they want to get involved, but it seems so... Difficult. It seems so confusing. What do I do? How do I get involved? And uh, so we want to make that easy for people. Now, so while I think we need to improve, we you know we've done a pretty good job of that. But I don't think that's the primary reason why we have a lot of volunteers here at Coastal. I don't think, and, and I don't think the reason more people don't volunteer is because they didn't go to a ministry you know expo. You know, I I don't think the reason more people don't volunteer is because, oh, well, I didn't take a spiritual gift assessment test, and I I don't know what my my spiritual gift is. I don't think those are the reasons why more and more people don't volunteer. I think one of the reasons why we have a high number of committed volunteers at Coastal, well, I I can think of two reasons. One is I think people will serve the more deeply in love they fall in love with, with Jesus. The more, the more deeply you fall in love with Jesus, the more likely it is that you are going to serve. Because our service should always be an outflow of command number one, where Jesus said, love the Lord your God. In other words, the more you love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and all your strength, the more likely it is that you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. That you're going to love people. Now, one of the dangers of pastors and preachers, you know, preaching on, you know, serving or volunteering is that you will either feel guilty, you know, for not doing more, or you'll sign up for all kinds of stuff. You know, just you, you'll go crazy, sign up for all kinds of multiple ministries. And, and in the end, you'll get burned out and not do anything. Now, I think the key is. Man, grow in your love for Jesus. Because when you you truly understand who he's made you to be and who he is and how much he loves you, then you're going to want to serve him by serving other people. We don't want to guilt you into anything here. You know, and we say that as far as even your giving. We don't want to guilt people to give. We don't want to guilt people to serve. We want to grace you into it. I want you to be overwhelmed with how much you are loved. How much you are treasured. How much you, I want you to know just how much you, you truly matter to God. And then I think that ought to be the motivation for why you do what you do. Now, here's another reason why I think that we do have a lot of committed volunteers here at Coastal. Um, I think it's one of the reasons is we consistently teach that the Christian life is primarily one of servanthood. That if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, your primary position is one of servant. Jesus is your master, and you are his servant. And so whatever it is he says goes. Now, we happen to live in a world, though, where we are the center of the universe, right? And everything revolves around me and my needs, and, and we have to continually remind ourselves that we serve God by serving other people, by putting others ahead of ourselves, because our lean, our bent is toward ourselves. Now, even in the church, though, you know, where we have created this culture today of church hopping and shopping and, and finding a church that offers the most and the best. And and well, you know, I didn't get anything out of that service today. And well, you know, I'm just burned out, or I'm too busy, or I've already served my time somewhere in all of that. We've forgotten why we're here. We've forgotten that we are here to to bring glory to God, to reach out to people who are far from God, to, to show them God loves them, and to be a servant. That it's not about you and it's not about me. Matthew 20, Jesus said this, instead, whoever wants to be great among you, right? Whoever wants to make an impact whoever wants to you know to be great must be your what servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave now listen to this just as the son of man just as Jesus did not come to be served wow now cuz you would think okay this is Jesus the son of god the king of kings the lord of lords he says i didn't come to this earth for people to serve me no I came to, what's it say? To serve, and then listen to this, and to give my life as a ransom for many. The Bible says that Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy. We have been stolen. He is trying to destroy us. And he says, I came to pay the price for your sin, to pay the penalty, to win you back. Now, we talk about life all the time here at Coastal. We say we exist to share and experience what? Look, okay, I gave you the word, life, okay? Say it out loud. We exist to share an experience. Life, very good. The life of Jesus. People are either alive in Christ or they're still dead in their sin. And Jesus said, listen, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In fact, uh, the last several weeks, we've been encouraging everybody to sign up for what type of groups? Life groups, and I hope you've signed up. And uh, How many of you had a great experience this past week in life groups? How about hooter holler, or say something. Woo, yay, great group. Okay, so if you haven't yet gotten to a group, make sure you sign up for a group. Uh, by the way, that's where we believe one of our primary vehicles of serving our community is through our life groups. We, we In our groups, you're gonna pray together, you're gonna learn together, you're gonna play together, and you're also gonna serve together. And uh, we tell people, hey, our groups, we want you to find a place in our community that you can serve God by serving others. So I hope you've done that. Uh, Well, Jesus had something very interesting to say about life. And it's found in Luke chapter 9. Listen to this. Then he said to the crowd, okay, if any of you wants to be my follower, you got to put aside your selfish ambition. Shoulder your cross daily and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find what? What's the two words? True, True life. And then he goes on to say, in fact, listen, how in the world do you think you're going to benefit? How, you think you're going to gain anything, even if you get the whole world? But you lose your own soul in the process. Jesus is saying, and this is why we we don't apologize at all for encouraging and challenging people to serve God by serving others because he says here, hey, you want true life? Then you give your life away. You serve God by serving others. The reality is, you and I, we have some choices. We can do one of three things with our life. You could waste your life, right? There's a lot of people who do that. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Waste your life. You could spend your life. And there's a bunch of advertisers who will give you countless ways to do that. You could spend your life. Or you can choose to invest your life. And what I mean by that is you could use your life in a way that would outlast it. That that would make a difference in all eternity. That you could leave a legacy behind you. You see, the Bible is very, very clear on this point. You and I were not put on this earth just to be consumers. We were put on this earth to be contributors. And that contribution that you make with your life, okay, listen to me. Your talents, your abilities, your time, your experiences, all of that, you, whatever impact you make with your life, that is your ministry, Now, so often when we hear the word ministry, we think about the term ministry, we think that's what, who does? Right, pastors, ministers, right? That, okay, Pastor Chris, you do ministry, you're the pastor, we come and watch you do your ministry. No, 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 that's wrong. Ministry is not what I do, ministry is for everybody. Ministry simply means serving others in the name of God. Anytime you use your talents, your experiences, your gifts, your abilities, and you use that to help somebody else, you know what you are? You are a minister. If you're saved, okay, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible's clear, you're a minister. In fact, Ephesians 4.11 talks about what my role is. It says this, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. And listen what what their role is. To what? To prepare God's people for works of what? Service. So that the body of Christ may be built up, so the church may be built up until all of us reach the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. What's mature? Attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, being more like Jesus. Now, according to Scripture, then, my primary role of pastor is not to do all of the ministry. Now, again, it doesn't mean that I get a pass on being a servant or being a minister serving it just means this is what my role is. My role, my primary ministry is to prepare who? You. That's right. God. It says here, God's people for works of service, to do ministry. So my job's not to do all the ministry. And we talked about this several weeks ago too. My job is kind of like a trainer. I'm to inspire, to teach, to train, to motivate, to encourage, to equip you to do it. Ephesians 2.20 says this, we... Are God's workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God actually prepared in advance for you to do. In other words, you and I were made to make a contribution, not just consume. God wants you to make a difference. And what matters in this life, again, is not the duration of life. Listen to me. We, we got this so confused. Remember, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We all just have a what? A little bit of time, a little bit of opportunity. And what you do with that is what matters. It is the donation of your life. You, are, you and I were actually created to serve. We were commanded to serve. Look at 1 Peter 4.10. I love this verse. Each of us should use whatever gift he's received to make a lot of money. He doesn't say that, does it? Well, first let's break that down a little bit. We should use whatever gift we've received. Now I know some of you, some of you think you're like the you're like the Eeyore of the Christian family. Oh, woe is me. I Pastor Chris, I don't have any gifts. I you know, I got nothing. Yes, you, I mean, the problem is you don't know who you are. You don't know whose you are. You are a child of the king. You are a a daughter of Jesus. You are a son of of, of the most high. Listen, he created you. He made you. You have gifts and abilities and experiences and and talents. You, You are highly favored. You have gifts. And he says, you don't have to use that for yourself. It says here we are to use whatever God has given us to what? To serve others. Your talents, your abilities. Not for your own benefit. I don't know if you remember the very first line of Rick Warren's book, one of the best-selling books of like all time, The Purpose-Driven Life. You Remember the first line of that book? Very good. It's not about you. That's why you're alive. Not yourself. You were put here to serve God. And the way we serve God is by loving our neighbor. It's by serving other people. Man, so many people today are just searching for... Whatever you want to call it—self-esteem, self-worth, value, significance—in fact, our uh, one of our life groups our, uh, there's a women lunch group on Friday We're going through that book, "Search for Significance." My point is, there's just a lot of people who want to feel good about themselves. The problem is they're looking in all the wrong things for value, for for self-worth. We're looking for you know status, sex, salary, you know, success. It's not none of those things last. You know what's interesting? Jesus said you actually find significance, and self worth, in giving your life away, to serve other people. Man, that's the greatest thrill in the world is to be used by God. Now, let's talk about how we roll here a little bit. You know, and again, by the way, God has called us to serve. Not just here, but out there. I think we're just called to be servants, period. Just like we're called to be worshipers, period. But I want to talk about here. You know, what are we looking for, by the way, here at Coastal as far as volunteers, servants? Number one, uh, we're looking for team players. I think that's a, a good description of what we're looking for. Now, what is a team player? I mean, isn't everyone just when you're a part of the... Once you're on the team, isn't everybody a team player? No, not necessarily, right? I mean, think about sports for a second. Just because you're on the team, does that mean you're a team player? Absolutely not. You know, I could name several several names. I won't name a lot, but okay. Uh, think about some, some athletes that have a lot of promise, uh, even, you know, highly recruited, uh, highly drafted. What about um, Johnny Manziel? Was he necessarily this past year always a team player? No. You know, a team player is somebody who puts the overall purpose of... Whatever that organization is, and I would say even the church above their own personal preferences, you know a team player is somebody who recognizes that they're a part of something bigger than themselves, parter than something you know that's bigger than their own individual you know accolades. A team player knows and understands and supports the vision of the church, in fact, they want to see the whole the body succeed, the church succeed, and so they're willing to sacrifice to see the betterment of the team. Team players don't have to be in the limelight all the time. Team players aren't always seeking applause. And by the way, team players don't complain because they want to be part of the solution. Because after all, we're on the same team, right? We have the same goal. We're also looking for not only team players, but also team builders. A team builder is somebody who is always wanting to include other people in the ministry, always wanting other people to join the team. You know, this is the person who's the recruiter. They're always tapping people on the shoulder. They're challenging people to join their team. A team builder knows that they can't try to do everything by themselves. A team, a team builder understands that although at times it might seem like it would be easier and simpler, maybe even better to do it by themselves, they've learned that it does, you know that's not the best. Sometimes that action would destroy the team and puts a lid on growth. A team, a team builder is always somebody who wants the team to grow because it doesn't just benefit that individual, it benefits the team and it allows everybody to accomplish more. They understand, right? That's what team stands for, right? You learn that in, in business, right? Together, everybody accomplishes more. So if you're not a team player and you're not a team builder or at least willing to change and willing to grow, you probably are not gonna be in ministry very long here at Coastal we value that. That's what we're looking for. You know, nothing is going to expand our capacity for reaching more people and, 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 and to continue to grow like changing lives through building teams. And the opposite is just as true. Nothing is going to put a lid on our growth here like people refusing to build teams, refusing to include other people. What if like, you know, five or six years ago, we just said, okay, you know, enough's enough. We don't need any more people to volunteer. We don't need any more volunteers. We don't need any more, you know, servants, and our church is fine just the way it is. Raise your hand if you've you've been to Coastal here just in the last five years. Raise your hand. Okay? I mean, what would have happened? Let me tell you something else we're looking for. Number three, we're looking for willingness. Now, that might sound like, man, that's a pretty low bar there, willingness, right? Um, I don't think so. I think willingness is the beginning of greatness. You know, you got to be willing to step out and say, God, what do you want me to do? how can I serve? Now, what keeps people from doing that? I think if we're honest, I think we'd all admit that the number one thing that keeps us from serving and volunteering is just good old-fashioned selfishness. We'll say things like, if not say it out loud, at least, you know, inside, we'll be like, well, you know, I'd like to be used by God. You know, I'd like to have his power in my life. I'd like to serve, but I'm just too what? too busy you know god is giving us opportunity to serve him all the time all around us we've just decided we want to we've got to do it our way and our time and so we just get too busy and because we get so busy it's like well i don't have time to serve i've got my agenda my plans my dreams my goals listen that, let's bottom line it that's called selfishness We say things like, well, you know, when everything's just right. I love this one. When things just settle down. What life do you live? I mean, that's crazy talk. Nothing ever settles down. You know, well, then I'll serve. Let me tell you something. Real servants do the best they can with what they have for Jesus today. Real servants do the best they can with what they have for Jesus today. Finally, we're looking for faithfulness. You know what that means? It means you just don't give up. You keep going, man. Life is tough. You know, sometimes ministry is tough. Sometimes serving is tough. Sometimes there's there's not a lot of applause. Sometimes it's time-consuming. Sometimes, you know, you got to be somewhere and be on time and be early. Sometimes it requires effort and energy and and, and money, and and it's tempting to throw in the towel. What about, you know, what do you do when somebody hurts your feelings? And guess what? In ministry, somebody's going to hurt your feelings. What do you do? Do you take your ball and go home? Let me ask you a question. Think about your own family for a second. In your own immediate family, you might even expand it a little bit maybe to your extended family. Maybe think about the people that you sat around you know, Thanksgiving dinner table with or a Christmas gathering. Anybody got somebody in their family just gets on your last nerve? Anybody in your family ever hurt your feelings? Anybody in your family ever makes you want to stab their, uh, their eye out with a spoon or something? I mean, like, I mean, come on. You know, I mean, guess what? And then what do, what do you think would happen? I mean, the reality is if you acted on your feelings... Everyone in this room would be in jail. Okay, you would be. If you acted on your feelings towards other people, even under your own family, you'd be in jail. Now, what do you think is going to happen if you put 10, 20, 50, 100, 200 of those families all together in the same family called the church? Somebody's going to get on your last nerve somebody's going to hurt your feelings. Sometimes I'm going to hurt your feelings. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say too many cat jokes and you're not going to like it. I'm going to hurt your feelings. I mean, they're out the devil. I can't help it. Read your Bible. Okay. So it's, it's the truth, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's just going to happen. Now, what are you going to do when somebody hurts your feelings? Are you going to do what everybody else does? Take your ball and go home? Or are you going to love people? Love people doesn't mean you have to be everybody's best buddy. Love means you're going to choose to treat someone a certain way regardless of how you feel and regardless of how they respond. That's love. That's what we need more of today in families. That's what we need more of today in the church. Listen. In other words, are you going to keep serving knowing you don't serve me? You don't serve Scott or Michael or Janet or Julie. You serve Jesus. You know, at the very end of Jesus' ministry on earth, he said this in John 17, 4. He said, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Man, I hope you could say that. I want you to be able to say that when you get to heaven, that you did the work, the, the, the works of service that God prepared for you to do, that you brought him glory. Man, that was Jesus. He was faithful. He didn't give up. He didn't give in. And if we are becoming more and more like him, it means we're gonna serve as long as we're alive. If you're, if you're still breathing, then you know God's not finished with you yet. You don't get to retire from serving. You might retire from your job, but not from ministry. You've got a ministry for the rest of your life. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, the one thing required of servants is that they're faithful. Man, that's what we're looking for here at Coastal. We want team players, team builders, willingness and faithfulness. Have you ever wondered why you're here at Coastal? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you. You're here because God knew you had something to give back. He did not bring you here to sit and to soak and to enjoy and to laugh and to clap and to sing and to listen and to go home. He brought you here to change your life. He brought you here so that you could give your life away in service to him to other people. And one day you're going to stand before God and he's going to say, what did you do with everything that I gave you? Well, God, I was a little busy. I never got around to it. And God's going to say, what were you thinking? I, I put you on the earth to serve me by serving others. Listen, as your pastor, more than anything else, one day I want you to be able to stand before God and have him say this about you. Matthew 25, 21. Well done, good and faithful what? Servant. Servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I want to put you in charge of many. Come on in. Share in your master's happiness. In other words, good job. Well done. You loved me. You loved people. You reached out to people who didn't know me. And day by day, you became a little bit more like my son, Jesus. Good job. Come on in and enjoy all the rewards I planned for you. Now, the question is, will God be able to say that to you? Well done. Or are you just waiting for things to slow down? Listen, we make no apologies here at Coastal in saying that the most important thing you will ever do with your life is to give your life away in service to God by serving and loving other people here in this church and outside this church. You see, it's not segmented. You're a follower of Jesus, and you were put on this earth to serve. So let me give you some next steps today. Number one, pray pray just ask god every day god what good works have you prepared for me today and let him lead you you know sometimes we get in the way we think well it's got to be this and it's got to be this way god what good works have you prepared for me today help me to do the things that you've set before me open my eyes god and help me to see people and circumstances through your heart and your eyes and then just be curious about you know all those daily interruptions because a lot of times You know, those interruptions, they're actually opportunities prepared for you. Number two, serve at work, school, and home. Serve at work, school, and home. If you really are a servant, listen to me, it's got to be lived out in in everyday real life, where you work, where you live, or where you go to school, because that is where most of us spend the majority of our time. And and if you are not a servant servant, there, then you're not really a servant. And you know. And if that's where we spend most of our time, where do we think most of the serving opportunities are going to come from anyway? Where, where are those divine appointments going to reveal themselves? Where are we going to have the chance to make the greatest impact? Where we spend most of our time. You don't get to segment your life. So if you're not a servant where you work, at school, or at home, I don't care what you do around here. You're not you're not a servant. And by the way, I don't care what you do with a, a group of Christians out in the community, because sometimes, in many ways, that's easy. Don't forget, God sees when nobody else is looking, and other Christians aren't there to snap selfies, okay? Like, what matters is, are you a servant when nobody's looking? Let me give you a little surprise. Some of your greatest contributions in life, they're unplanned. You know, many times the greatest impact you're going to make on other people will just be those spontaneous um, interruptions. And they seem accidental from your viewpoint, but they're not from God's viewpoint because he prepared good works for you to do in advance. And if you would just be open and available and have a willing heart and say, God, use me where you want today. Sometimes, you know, you'll have an opportunity just to say a word of encouragement to somebody and it'll change the trajectory of their life. You'll have a chance to give a a, a helping hand and it'll encourage that person in a way you had no idea. Those moments, those little interruptions, sometimes they could be divine appointments. And my, my point is they're all around us. If we just open our eyes And and have a willing, faithful heart. Number three, jump in here at Coastal. You know, I haven't even talked about that yet today, right? You know, because the reality is God's called us to be servants. He's called us to wherever you live, wherever you work, you know, in the community. In fact, we we emphasize that even in our life groups. But you know what? We need you here. Here at Coastal. And, And one of the best ways to serve here at Coastal is just to jump in and experience and get involved. You know, there's so many opportunities, by the, by the way, that's what that, everybody if you, uh, pull out the little yellow sheet uh, that's inside your bulletin this morning. That's what this is. This is a list of uh, ministry opportunities here it goes. So here's what I want you to do today. I want you to put your name on this and put your best contact phone number, okay? It says, complete this, place it on the offering plate with your Connect card today. So first of all, it says, I am currently serving in, and an awful lot of you are already volunteering and serving. And that's great. And by the way, again, we don't want to guilt anybody into serving. I don't want you signing up like for 12 things today because that's not going to happen, okay? You know, but if you're already serving, that's awesome. Write that down. That's great. Now, if you're not serving, what area would you be interested in learning more about? And then I just want you to check one of these, fold it, put in the offering plate, and somebody will contact you and help you maybe possibly take a next, next step and get involved. Just look at some of these this morning really quickly. Children's ministry. <gasps> Did you know? Guess what? while we're in here right now back down the hallway did you know this there are children in the hallway in the classrooms and we've got babies and we got toddlers and we got first through fifth grade and they are being loved and served and taught it's not just you know childcare it's real ministry so you might be interested in that and by the way you don't have to teach you know, to be involved in uh, children's ministry. There's a lot of things you could do. Uh, some of you love babies. I mean, this is amazing to me. Greg Gore a couple of weeks ago told me, Pastor Chris, you know, I was, you know, walking past the nursery and you saw some of these ladies holding a crying baby. He's like, how in the world, I mean, because that's got to be a gift from God, because how could you hold, like, somebody else's crying baby and smile and think that's exciting? He goes, I can't even do that for my own baby, you know, like, here's people who, that might be you, you might just love babies. For others of you, the thought of changing a poopy diaper, you know, and, and loving on a baby, that's not you, but you might love, you know, first through fifth grade. And by the way, I know in some churches, in some places, when you get involved in a children's ministry, it's like the black hole, right? If you've done that in other churches, like you get back there and you get stuck and you get stuck for life. You don't see other people, right? You become like this really like almost like a, you know, unibomber look or something. And you like, you know, you get stuck and nobody knows you, nobody sees you and you don't even go to church anymore. You just go to children's ministry. That doesn't happen here. We tell people all the time, one service, one week would make, uh, uh, for one month, would make a huge impact. One service, we have three, one service once a month, just that one week would make a huge impact. And so, again, there's multiple ways to get involved. Just student ministry, oh my goodness, man, we got a phenomenal growing student ministry with a lot of great volunteers, and uh, man, they just, but that might be you, but it might not be you. You know, again, for you, it might be another group of, of kids or students. Uh, look, The next one, First Impressions. Raise your hand if you're in First Impressions ministry in here. we got a lot of First Impressions volunteers. Um, those are the people that um, welcome people as they come in. They're all around the campus, greeting, welcoming. Uh, they help with communion. Oh, my goodness. Okay, everybody do this. You ready? Here we go. Everybody get your hands like this, and I want you to do this. Everybody do that. Hey, guess what? You can help park. Woo, right there. Very good. You get on the parking team, and you get to wear, like, an orange vest. Oh, guess what? Guess what we got now? We got two golf carts. Man, is that unreal? I mean, what a great ministry there. Uh, greeting, parking, communion, worship. Man, you play an instrument, tech, audio, computer, stage design. Now, I know some of you think you can sing. You really can't sing, okay? But we do actually have auditions for that. Some of you sing really well when other people are drunk and it's dark, okay? But... Uh, so, not here, okay? Cafe, raise your hand. Raise it big and tall if you got anything from the cafe today. Orange juice, coffee, uh, snack, fruit. You know what? Like, you know, the, the cafe fairy didn't just show up and do that. Like, there's volunteers, wonderful, beautiful, awesome servants of God who do that. And maybe that's your thing. Security. You might not even know this. We have a security team here at Coastal. They walk the property. They're in the services. Did you know that if you try to bull rush me right now, somebody will take you down, right? <laughs> Service. So if, you know, if you're like a ninja, that might be your deal there. Um, Uh, hospitality, you know, maybe, maybe this is more of helping with special events. Like when we do, you know, events outside, we need people to help with food and ice and paper products. Or, uh, you know, we have a newcomer's lunch and all those kinds of things. Baptism team. Every time we have a baptism, we need help. Uh, office, office help. You know, again, everything in your bulletin. You th- where do you think that comes from? I mean, people stuff that thing. They fold it. They cut it. Um, phone calls, writing notes, all that thing. Building and grounds, food pantry, vacation Bible school. That's one of those things. Um, it's just a yearly, you know, service, but it's a whole week long. And it's one of those things that goes to, we say all the time, all hands on deck. You know, we, we, need, we need like 100 plus volunteers to pull off a phenomenal vacation in Bible school and give that away to the community. And so that's, so again, look, you know, don't sign up for a whole bunch of things, but maybe what's, what's God, you know, that's really the question. Say, God, I'm ready to serve. I have a willing heart. You know, where do, where do you need me? And maybe it's just a matter of just, you know, checking some things out and trying it out. You know, in, in children's ministry, in every one of our ministries, you know, you don't have to get back there and get stuck. You'll, you'll, you'll have training, people will help you, and they'll help you, you know, move on if that's not where you want to be. The question is, is will you? Will you be a servant? You know, not just here, and this is important because, you know, we're reaching people, we're changing lives, and every one of these things, it it makes a huge, huge kingdom impact. But I guess what I want you to hear loud and clear today is that if you're a believer in Jesus, God's called you to be a servant, wherever you're at. I want our church and our people to be known as, man, that's the group. They don't know any better but to serve people because they love people and they love God there, and that is how that church rolls. Listen, there is that verse that Jesus said, I came to not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. You know what that means? That means that our God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to this earth to pay the price for your sin and for mine. You were created to love God. God loves you. He wants you to love him back. And you get to choose whether or not you want to do that. And if you'll choose him, he's already taken the first step. He has reached out to you. He's just waiting for you to come home. Man, why not do that today? Why not not love him back today? If you will do that, you will find and experience true, abundant life, the forgiveness of your sin, purpose and meaning and hope, and you'll have a home secure in heaven for all eternity. Why not come home to him today? Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, today, thank you. Thank you for loving us the way you do. I pray today that we will love you back, that we will love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength, and that we will love our neighbor like we love ourselves. Father, it's all about love, loving you and loving people. Maybe there's somebody here today who's ready to love you back for the very first time, to come home, to seek forgiveness and to be adopted into your family. Listen, it's so simple. Just pour out your heart to God right now. You could say say it in a prayer like this. You could say, dear God, forgive me. Today I want to come home. Today I believe, I believe that your son Jesus is, that you sent him to this earth as a payment for my sin. That he came, he lived a perfect life, and he went to that cross for me my sin, my rebellion put him on that cross, but your love and your great your, your your power was so great that he didn't stay there. He rose from the dead and he is alive, and today I believe it, and I put my faith and my trust in him and what he did, no longer in myself, no longer in me trying to earn something or work for something, but I believe that Jesus already did it for me. And so now for the rest of my days, I just want to live for him. God, I want to be a follower of Jesus and and, uh, become more and more like you now see me today, forgiven, brand new, clean. Father, thank you. Jesus is my Savior and he is my Lord. And Father, I pray for Coastal. Help us to be the church that you've called us to be, that we roll the way you lead us truthfully, no matter what that is. And I pray that one of the marks of this church is that we are humble, faithful servants. And I pray that one day you'll you'll greet us in heaven and say, well done, good and faithful servant. We love you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, this morning we wanna continue to worship today by taking the Lord's Supper. It's a